To the Renaissance, episode 96. Where we last left off, uh, Savo called in Barry and Stan. They gave him the sex, sell sex. So he did the donkey porn speech. That didn't work. Then they said, stick it up a notch. Uh, You're all going to die. And that's where he got to. First started delivering the uh, you're all going to die speech sort of around 1485 in the little town of St. Jimi Hendrix, just a little, about 30 minutes out of Florence. Right. Uh, he went back to St. He did well enough in 1485. Then in 1486, they called him back for an encore. <laughs> <clears throat> he said, the kingdom of heaven is approaching. Some smart ass in the back said, uh, people like you've been saying that for 1400 years. And he said, have him burned alive at the stake. See, your end just came. Said, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and they said, you better be careful. Better be careful about throwing around that old burned alive at the state thing, Savo. <laughs> Might come back to but bite you on the ass. If I could, it's called, uh, yeah. it's called uh, Chekhov's Steak. <laughs> anyway, keep going. Yeah, what? Uh, just, just to give us some context, you're right. So uh, St. Augustine, you know, kind of poo-pooed the idea of talking about this stuff. Not that it ever really went away. In the 1200s, there were some uh, poems written that rhymed for the illiterate people. There were some uh, some books passed around. There were suddenly forged books uh, found. And then, of course, when the printing press comes along in the 1460s, um, the, these, these kind of texts have a, take on a whole new life. So it's there, but the point is it's kind of frowned on by the more established people. But this guy, Savarola, is going to say, not only am I predicting this, but I'm not just saying it because other people have said it. I'm saying it based on my detailed knowledge of scripture analysis. This shit is real, and I can back it up with the whole book. I'm not like all these other people. What I'm telling you should scare the shit out of you, and you need to get your act together. What's his name? Savonarola. Okay. Yeah. Just making sure you can say it properly. Girolamo Savonarola. Yeah, I messed it up again. Too many? It's too many fucking syllables. That's why I call him Savo. Savo. That's how we do it here. Savo. Savo. Savo, mate. Savo, mate. Savo. Anyway. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, you know, it had been, been around, but it was a fringy thing yeah. and frowned upon. Right. Um, now, in this speech at St. Jimi Hendrix in 1486, he, um, he said either a scourge was coming, either of judgment sure. or of Antichrist <laughs> or right. war or plague or hunger. It's kind of vague. Which kind of frankly is a bit like me saying, some people are going to die of COVID-19 <laughs> next week. And uh, some of you won't. 
Yeah, not much of a fucking prophecy, dude. People were getting the fucking plague or a war every few years over there at that point in time. It's a safe bet. Come on. Yeah. He's getting a bit desperate for attention here. Tomorrow I tell thee, (laughs) it will be the sunny or it will rain. (laughs) Not I say it, but the Lord. He's not wrong. But he's still getting no still getting nowhere. A little nope. bit of a popular people yeah. giving him a polite golf clap, yeah. but it's not he's not he's not really no, landing it. No traction. You know, no momentum. No. Yeah. No. Mm. I mean, you know, quite honestly, when people go to a sermon at St. Jimi Hendrix, they expect to hear guitar solo. You know, uh, yes. They expect to hear uh, <laughs> There ain't no way out of here. <laughs> Said the Joker to the thief. Wow, 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 wow. There's too much confusion. Um, not this preachy bullshit. Right. Um, they all turned up wearing tie-dyed shirts, flowers in their hair, smoking a big blunt. <laughs> Peace, man. So he went back to his yeah. teaching duties at San Marco in Florence. Now, in 1487, he left Florence, went back to Bologna, uh, where he uh, first entered the convent. About a ninety-minute drive north of Florence, mm-hmm. and uh, still not not very well known. Um, yeah. He continued his studies in Bologna. He was trying to get his degree as a master of sacred theology. Nice, but apparently didn't go well. After a couple of years there, he was kicked out. Well, yeah, as and I'm not sure if we've really explained this, but the way it works is you enter and you take some classes, and if you do well, you get to go to the next level. If not, you you your classes are over with. You become a priest. You get a position somewhere, whatever. The masters of of the place decide that you're at. But he had been doing well, so he kept going to different, more and more complicated classes, and now he's teaching classes. But his betters have decided that he has reached the end of his academic career. It is now time for something else. Was he disappointed? Pointed, I honestly don't know the answer to that because, again, he doesn't think much of philosophy and logic. But the point is, it's over with now. It's time for some maybe real-world experience. Well, I think he probably was disappointed because that's what he had dedicated the last uh, X number of I years to his life to, trying yeah. to be a, a good uh, Dominican Probably yeah. expected that one day he would be the prior of a convent or Ooh. even go up higher than that. To a university, um, maybe. But well, you know what he heard. I mean, no, he's a Dominican. That, he's not going to teach at a yeah. university. He's, he's going to be, you know, Have teaching own... more Dominicans. Right. Yeah, take, yeah, do, do that thing. But, but he heard. He gets, uh, he, gets, Sorry. he gets kicked out. Well, apparently one of the reasons for it might be that he had a falling out with one of his superiors. Yeah. Dick? Who was uh, a bit more lenient on the whole idea of Dominican poverty and uh, right. who didn't believe in the Immaculate Conception. Pretty much right. standard view of the Dominican uh, order at the time was they didn't believe in the Immaculate Conception. They're like, come on, virgins giving birth to babies, that's a little bit silly, so don't you think? Look, what we're we're, we're is- Christians, but we're not that <laughs> dumb. Come on. What's their view that there was some actual banging, a divine yeah. banging going? Okay, just checking. D- just divine checking. banging, yeah, yeah, yeah. Divine penis, which, All which, right. uh, which was a very popular view uh, in the first uh, few hundred years of Christianity. Uh, 
it was equally as popular oh. as the Immaculate Conception view. Um, okay. The Immaculate Conception view was treated as stupid by large part of Christianity for centuries. Um, yeah. It just turned out that the ones that did the deal with the Pope, uh, sorry, with the Emperor, uh, tended right. to come from the Immaculate Conception school of thought. So that so ends up win. becoming the mainstream right. view. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, so he's basically uh, has a falling out with this guy. He's a bit argumentative, it would seem. And they go, "Listen, you no. know, you're a fringe, you're a fringe dweller. Uh, yeah. you, you can't be out. in charge of the minds of the students. You're out." But yeah. they didn't kick him out of the order. He was basically sent to go and preach in remote areas, and probably told to keep his crazy fringe conspiracy theory opinions to himself. Yeah. But as he did that, he continued to develop this whole apocalyptic, eschatological approach, and little by little, starts to grow a little famous. <laughs> so in May or June of 1490, he is back in St. Marco, Florence. Again, he's a lecturer teaching philosophy, explaining biblical text to the friars. So he's back in the den of iniquity, maybe, as far as he's concerned. Yeah, but this time uh -huh. he is probably brought back at the request of <gasps> Lorenzo de Medici dun, dun, dun. on the recommendation of Pico della Mirandola. Back in the first episode of this series, we of this uh, this this arc. We talked about how uh, when Pico was 19, he attended the Lombard <laughs> Congregation, group of right. Dominicans getting together and debating the final points of theology. This is when Pico is still developing his whole worldview, and he's, he's just floating around, checking out what's yeah. going on, what the people are hey. thinking about saying. Yeah. Impressed with uh, the uh, equally young Savo. Well, he was a few years older, but the young Savo is probably in his early to mid-20s then. Right. And Pico never forgot that. So now he go, he's heard on the grapevine that this uh, Savo guy is creating a bit of a stir, giving the old uh, end times a bit of the old one-two, <laughs> and uh, he, he's, he's bringing in the crowds. He's, yes. And then he goes, he says, hey, Larry. Right. Larry, you know... You know, San Marco's a bit of a dive, quite frankly. I mean, yeah. it looks nice, don't get me wrong. We've, we've done a great job with the architecture and the art, right. all that jazz. But uh, yeah. in terms of the, the, the Dominicans there, yeah. the prior, the preaching, Snorfest. no one goes. Right. Snorfest. Boring. Yeah. <laughs> um, what we need, yes. uh, you know, if we really want Florence to be the best... Yeah. Uh, we need to get the best preachers in. And we I've heard this uh, Savo guy is right. the man. I saw him once, a long time ago, but he was fantastic. I think yeah. we get him back in. Yeah. Larry's like, Pico, buddy, uh, I trust you. Take right. your dick out of Poliziano's ass. Uh, thank you. Uh, while you talk to me, um, wipe it off. Thank you. Uh, I trust you. Yes. So Let's he, he puts happen. in a few phone calls, yeah. reaches out to a few people, right. and uh, he requests that Savo be sent back to San Marco. Now, they also had their own reasons why they wanted someone like Savo there, apart from pulling in the peeps. <laughs> Pico wanted a mentor to help him 
continue on his journey of being the self-proclaimed smartest motherfucker in the world. (laughs) Uh, For people who don't remember, he was trying to reconcile all of the world's religions and philosophies, magic, uh, science, the whole thing. Uh, Unified theory of Pico, he called it. The UTP. Uh, Yeah, you know me. The UTP. Been down with Savo since the old old LC. It's hour three. And this is all making sense to me. (laughs) Huh. Were they your your verses? I've known Savo since the old LC. It's hour three. This makes sense to me. Shit. And, and uh, Lorenzo probably found out about his sermons about austerity, reform, the apocalyptic messages, uh, divine wrath and punishment. And again, that's probably like having a little tiny pit bull in your back pocket in case the church gets uppity because you've got someone who can sit there and say bad things about the church and can point to very concrete things while he's doing it. Not a bad thing to have um, in case you need it. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, I, I guess Savo developed a bit of a reputation at this mm-hmm. stage for uh, criticising the Pope and Rome and the Vatican and that whole deal. And Larry yeah. wants a preacher like that with him in Florence because, he again, he's still trying to keep the Vatican out of Florence's affairs. Yes. Yes. So having a very popular preacher who's anti-Pope uh, would good. be a handy thing. For him, right. can't go. Very... No possible way that could go wrong. <laughs> Still, probably hadn't read, hadn't read Savo's uh, Mein Kampf. Right. Uh, Should have read like, that. Yeah, what could possibly yeah. go wrong here? Yeah. He good. also, though, like right. Larry is uh, an old man at this stage, um, and oh, and you right. know he's like Cosimo before him is trying to reconcile uh, his wealth and power with what's going to happen to him when he dies. He's still religious. Keep in mind these guys were humanists, but they also were believers. And he wants to make sure he's going to end up in heaven. So he needs someone there like Savo who can tell him just how much money he needs to spend. uh, Give me a figure. You know, what Jesus' going rates are as of 1480. 89, 1490. Uh, right. The going rates have probably changed. Inflation. Yes. Uh, yeah. Jesus's rates have gone up since Cosimo's day, and Larry needs to know what's it going to cost. Right. Just tell, just give me a number. Don't yeah. say it out loud. Just write it down on a piece of paper. Turn slide it upside it up, down. Slide it, it across the table. Slide it across. Put, my, put it under my single mole. Right. And I'll pick it up, and then we'll haggle. <laughs> You know, that's that's how we do, you, do in flow. Do you haggle with Jesus? Oh, of course, Jesus loves a haggle. Does he? He's a Jew, after all. <laughs> no, Jesus is a no. Jesus is a Jew. He loves go. haggling. He, he can't, you know, he disrespects you. If Jesus gives you a price and you just accept that, he goes, uh, oh, really, that's it? Pussy. You know, come right. on. Yeah, uh, I can see that. I can uh, see that. Let me have some fun. Yeah. I live for this shit. <laughs> I'm really, really good at it. Right. I've been doing it. I've been doing it a long time. (laughs) Let's see what you got. Listen, let me, let me, well, they go, there's no fun haggling with you. You're omniscient. Well, I'll turn off my omniscience when I I haggle. Right. Yeah, it's no fun. It's like, you know, what about your x ray vision? Can you still see me naked? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I can see that. 
yeah, I choose not to turn oh, that off. I'm not turning, not right. turning that off. <laughs> My personal yeah, it makes the haggling more fun when yeah. I can see your nipples get erect. Uh, <laughs> I got you on the ropes. See the sweat. Right. See the sweat start oh, to dribble down. Oh, this is going in a different breast. direction. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> and scene. Okay. So Savo returned to Florence. He'd been away eight years. He's thirty-eight years old. He arrives May or June in the year fourteen ninety. Yeah, and fuck me if he starts preaching. He gives the audience what they want. In fact, after three months of being there, he actually needs more room for his audience because his message is resonating with the people. And I know we're going to go into this at some point, but I find that interesting that he is in Florence, the first city of the Renaissance. He's talking about end of times. He's talking about corruption. He's talking about the poor getting trampled on. He's talking about people not being right with God and God's going to come and smack the shit out of him. And this is resonating with the people of Florence, is it just the poor people? Is it, is it a little bit of everybody? I wonder why this is working. Maybe it's just in vogue. I don't know. But his message is catching on with the people. Well, he's in an entirely new situation mm-hmm. this time. This time when he comes back, he has the blessing of Lorenzo and uh, Pico. Right. Good point. Yeah, people are going, hey, yeah, yeah, about this guy Lorenzo called in? Yeah, yeah, oh, oh you got to go see him. Lorenzo, if Lorenzo and Pico think he's the shit. Then we'll listen to him. You know, yeah. it's probably a good idea for us to think he's the shit too, man. Like, <laughs> right. this is the game. Yeah. Good people point. care what he has to say because he's got the Lorenzo badge of approval. Right. He's, he's, he's Larry approved. <laughs> Now, he's preaching about the coming of the apocalypse, which uh, somehow tied into the fact that the year 1500 was approaching. Now, we all know two things Jesus likes. Right. Uh, Three things. The bling. (laughs) Right. Haggling. haggling, (laughs) Round numbers. And round numbers. Nothing Jesus likes more than a nice round number. It's right there in the Bible, Sermon on the Mount, first words out of his mouth, blessed are the round numbers invented by some fucker in the 6th century. (laughs) Well, they will be, he said, in the Bible. Right. Um, Good stuff. Blessed are the round numbers because they rock and roll or something, I don't know. (laughs) And I like it. Round the the, the, um, AD system, I don't know if you know, do you know who came up with the AD system? Uh, I thought it was the band ACDC. No, who is it? Dionysus Exegus was a 6th century monk who invented the Anno Domini dating system. Like, uh, you know, we we know before that uh, the Romans tended to date things either by the consuls or by uh, AUC. Right, the ab, uh, ab urba condita, the year since the founding of Rome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then, sort of after the fall of the empire, and they, they sort of kept it up a little bit. But they started to date Easter because oh. they had to figure that out. They had the right. Easter tables. They had to figure out when Easter was going to be. They started call, uh, calling it Anno Diocletiani. How many years since the reign of Diocletian, or was wow. also known as the Era of the Martyrs? Right. 
Diocletian's reign began on the 20th of November 284, all the supposed Christian persecution, although as we explained at the very, very beginning of our Renaissance series, it wasn't as bad as you might think, and the Christians mm-hmm. brought it upon themselves. Yeah, drama. But uh, the, the Christians were basically the uh, third century equivalent of people in the middle of the COVID lockdown refusing to stay locked down and refusing to wear masks when right. they go out. Going, no, no, my God says I don't have to wear a mask. It's a boom. My God says I don't have to stay in isolation. And the, and, and the government, Diocletian, is saying, well, it's for the good of the, of, of the people in yeah. general that you do that. It's for the good of society that you uh, sacrifice to Jupiter and eat a little bit of this sacrificed meat. They're like, no, (laughs) I don't have to because my God says I shouldn't do it. And they're like, well, you believe whatever you want to believe. We don't really care, but just do this because it could be really bad for society if you don't do it. Just do it. We don't care if you believe it or don't believe it. We don't care if you believe in vaccination or not, just fucking get vaccinated (laughs) and get your kids vaccinated. We We don't care if you believe... We don't care if you believe... Whether the isolation is is constitutional or not, just fucking stay in your house so we don't all die. No, I don't think I will. That was the Christians in the third century. They were just dicks. They were just being fucking dicks. They were psychopaths who decided just doing their own thing rather than do what was for the common good. I want to be a martyr. Um, Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Kill me. It yeah. will only make you. If you strike me down, <laughs> I will. You will Be only make me books. stronger. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, uh, but yeah. Dionysus Exegus wasn't very happy about naming years after the guy that was renowned for persecuting Christians. So he Good changed point. it from Anno Diocletiani mm-hmm. to Anno Domini, Ooh. the year of the Lord. Right. Um, now, that really didn't become popular at all until Charlemagne started using it in the 800s, and then yeah. it didn't really become the standard way of dating in Western Europe until the 15th century when fucking Savile was around. Right. right? That's incredible. Um, so the whole 1500 thing, it only been around. 20 years, and right. they go, oh, well, Jesus must be coming back then. Look, it's got two zeros on the end of it. It must be special. Um, of course, uh, that was all based around the, 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 the years were based on the fact that the Dionysus Exegus believed Jesus was born in the year one. Uh, he dated it oh, from when he believed Jesus was born, right. started it then. Never is never told anyone why he came up with that year or how he came up with that year. Just right. pulled it out of his ass. <laughs> uh, these days, scholars who believe Jesus existed based on their careful analysis of the <laughs> New Testament. Right. Yeah. Like Joseph Smith looking at through magic rocks in a hat uh. have decided that Jesus was probably born in 4 BCE. So oh, 1500, the year 2000, all these millennial things are fucking meaningless anyway, unless right. it is all just, well, Jesus likes a good round number. <laughs> Fucking meaningless, but hey, when did facts matter to Christians or logic? Anyway, Savonarola went in hot (laughs) with his first speech back in Florence. Oh, my God. Is that the one where he started with um, 
how do we know that the time is near or am I getting ahead of the story? No, I think that was pretty much all of his speeches around about then. Okay. Yeah. And again, he's, he's saying not because of diverse prophecies of others, but because of the evidence of reason and the revealed truth in the scripture. And like we said, the uh, Dominicans take the scripture very seriously. It's a part of everything. This guy takes it seriously. Certainly the, uh, the early church and the, uh, early Christians, and he's saying, based on what I know, based on, because I'm a fucking expert, this is not just me spouting off, this is me, and I can back this shit up with scripture, as long as the scripture is good, this shit is going to happen soon, and you motherfuckers need to be prepared. He is he is turning it up to 11. He criticized everyone, the rich, <laughs> the unfaithful, the three church, like, three other preachers, dogs. the right. pope, yeah. Yeah. yeah, you name it. They were all <laughs> losers. We didn't go into this because we wanted to move the story along, but at one point where he makes contact with his family after years, it's like, um, your drama is distracting me from focusing on my work. And so this guy's a true zealot. He just doesn't have the ability to either hold back or the desire to hold back. He is going after everybody because they are the ones who are causing God to come, old school God, Old Testament God. There's going, like you said, there's going to be a scourge and the church is going to be renewed and it ain't going to be pretty. And it's all you sons and bitches' faults that we have to go through this in the first place. But on the other hand, I think he's kind of excited that it's coming because I think he feels that he's going to be okay. Yeah, if he believes it at all and right. it's not just a shtick. Right, could be. Like, uh, you know, I think it's partially just a shtick. He's an entertainer, man. Yeah. He's like Showman. Alex Jones right. or Trump or... What do you want to hear? Uh, fucking... Yeah. Who was the Mormon fucktard that had the show on Fox News for many years? Mormon. Um, um, fucking... Oh, God, right there. Mormon Fox News fucktard. I just Google <laughs> see what it comes up with. Uh, Glenn Beck. Yes. There you go. That wasn't that hard. No. Or, uh, you know, all these fucking What do you want to hear? Douchebags. I'll tell you. Yeah. Yeah. Just, well, yeah. They're just tapping in and, you know, picking on the, doing dog whistles for these people. It works. I mean, he may have believed it, but. Uh, Doesn't matter. He, you know, he didn't start. Like, here's the thing. If, he, if this is what he really believed. He didn't start off his career preaching the end of the world. Good point. As we've seen, yeah. it developed slowly. He tried a whole bunch of different things to try and get people's attention to become famous, and they didn't work. Even sex He tried stuff. your standard, you know, uh, uh, scholastic approach, didn't work. Right. He tried, yes, you know, sex with donkeys, double penetration, DP videos. That didn't work. He's been ramping it up over and over and over, over yeah. like many, many years. Well, not many years, but 10 years. Couple years he's been yeah. gradually ramping it up yeah. and finding what works. So it's not like he came out of the gates with this vision. Right. Um, you know, he believed the world was fucked when he started off, but he didn't believe the end of the world was nigh. That's something he kind of figured out as a shtick over time. But, w- but would you say that... If, if he did believe it, it seems to go along with his personality. He does seem to be a dark person, full of self-hatred, full of judgment. You know, the incel thing that we were saying at the first episode. So uh, I, I think if it is a shtick, he has no problem selling it because he seems to be that kind of dark, intense, inward looking, but bitter person who, who can deliver this kind of uh, this kind of message. Yeah. So. Uh, one of his contemporaries, Fra Giovanni Caroli, mm-hmm. also a Dominican, but uh, he's the main guy at the Santa Maria Novella, right. uh, you know, sort of the rival Dominican church, 
had this to say about uh, Savonarola's big performance. He began to read the apocalypse in which there are great mysteries hidden from common knowledge and perhaps not yet revealed. This would be Revelations Mm -hmm. in the New Testament. The common people liked what he made of it. Visions of ruin, voices, candelabras, trumpets, precious stones, terrible thrones and marvellous damsels, dragons, angelic battles and many other things, all loaded with spiritual and sacred meanings. Gates and walls and lightning bolts and hail over the earth. He described so elegantly and aptly as to persuade all doubters, but especially people devoted to such things and curious about them. Thus his sermons inflamed everyone's mind. It seemed as if he was not he who is who was talking nor was it organized in the usual way it was as it was as if the spirit was talking through his mouth so the fame of his teaching and of his uprightness grew and the people fell in behind him as you know damn so he's a celebrity now he's made it he's packing churches the medici have got to be happy i don't know how the church feels but this guy has finally come home, and he is now the big star. He probably wanted to be when he got turned down by that uh, illegitimate uh, Strozzi girl. Yeah, now he's going to get some pussy. <laughs> uh, but he can't. He shouldn't. He probably he, could. He, he shouldn't. He criticized the rich and the powerful. Yeah. Um, and, you know, championed the poor. The, his critics called him the preacher of the desperate which is pretty much how Christianity started as well. You go back to St. Paul and those right. guys, they were preaching to the poor and downtrodden. That's where Christianity started. It was the 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 religion of the, the, the desperate the who were yeah. Yeah, looking for something. Yeah. And the the and the, you know, the early Christians were saying, Well listen, your life sucks. Yeah. But uh, you you're going to be dead soon because right. <laughs> the end of times is coming. And when you die, you're going to go to heaven if you just, you know, say this magic incantation, I believe in Jesus. Oh. Yeah. His followers were given the nickname of the Pianoni, the Wailers, the Crybabies. Oh, and they embraced it. They were like, yeah, we're crying right. because the world's coming to an end, motherfucker. Right. And, and, and that's a very good distinction because the preachers who have come before him have preached against the rich people, not doing enough for the poor, not helping the poor enough, the church not doing enough. But he's not preaching a social revolutionary. He's not talking about shaking up the status quo. He's talking about the fucking apocalypse and these people who are, are for lack of a better word, taken in by this truly do appreciate and follow him because they're trying to save themselves. And so th- this, this is something so much bigger than just like a, a Bernie Sanders coming along and saying, we've got to change things. This is, this is someone who's saying it's all about to come to an end. Yeah. He's not Fidel or Che. Yeah. Uh, he's not preaching a revolution. He's a, he would say that a good Christian shouldn't leave the station into which they were born. There's no upward mobility. And again, that gets right. back to the epistles of Paul. That's what yeah. St. Paul said too. Just if, if you stay what in whatever job you're in, if you're not married, don't bother getting married. It's not worth it. Because it's, com- yeah. it's all coming to an end. Don't bother. Just just get on your knees and pray and um, that's it. That's all yeah. you need to worry about. The end of times is coming. Now, 
the more he preached this, the more people were convinced that he was probably right. Mm. Movement started to build. And they were like, you know what? Yeah, maybe he's right. Like, look, we do have wars. We do have plagues. Yeah. Uh, Muslims. Yeah, there, there are these, there, yeah, there are Muslims off the coast. Right. These rich guys are fucking rich. The Jews. Uh, they, you know, they killed uh, Giuliana de' Medici in a church. The Pope's right. corrupt. Uh, yeah, it's the Jews, <laughs> but mostly the Jews. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of examples to point to. Now, guys like Pico and Poliziano, who hoped he would come in and just criticise the Pope, and Lorenzo too, must have been horrified. Right. He's denouncing poets, clerics who read poetry, artists who painted nude Venuses. No, it's my favourite. Oh, I wonder who he's talking about when he says <laughs> nude Venuses. Right. Uh, B-boy. Now, he's yeah. he's directly attacking Booty Call in one of his sermons, and this makes Booty Call, as I said at the beginning of our Savonarola episodes, give up all of his humanist paintings and studies. Right. Gives up all of painting for a while there. Even burns, apparently, some of his paintings. Oh. Vasari claims he burned some of his paintings. We don't really right. have any evidence outside of that, but I think Vasari claims he did. Yeah. We don't know which ones or anything like that, but he apparently burnt some of his own work. He he joins the cult, as I said at the beginning of the Savannah yeah. Roller episodes. Booty Call uh, joins the cult. Um, gets gets into it. You know, he's like, oh, my God, we're yeah. all fucked. i got to save myself. Um, yeah. But these guys might have been scared of him at first uh, or worried about him. He's attacking philosophy and science. He sees them as signs of the Antichrist. But they treat him with respect because, again, <clears throat> it's a bit like people said about Trump uh, when he won the White House. It's like a lot of people were like, you know, well, uh, let's uh, yeah. give him a go. Give him a chance. Let's so give him can... the benefit of the doubt. Maybe he'll turn presidential. <laughs> Maybe he'll grow up. Yeah. Uh, not yeah. so much. Yeah. yeah. I want to go back to all those people and go, yeah, really? Yeah, how'd that yeah, go? How did that, how did, that work? did he pivot? Yeah. Did yeah, you see him pivot? Because I yeah, missed it. Yeah. 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 Is he being presidential yet? Just let me know. God. Um. They thought, well, look, let's hear this guy out. I mean, Lorenzo wanted him here, so he must be good for something. Although mm. there's no record of Larry ever attending one of Savo's sermons. Yeah. You know he's who he's turning out to be? I don't shit. The wild card in It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, the crazy guy. When he when he takes on the wild Charlie? Car, Charlie, when he takes on the wild card persona, does stupid shit and wrecks everybody's <laughs> plans. He's a wild card, even even the the minute you got to be going. Fuck! What did we do? It's too late now. He's already here. But he's a fucking wild card. We thought he was just going to come in and do the Charlie work. Yeah, like uh, <laughs> cleaning, keeping yeah. the rats out. Yeah, chase him down. Yeah, but no, he's he's, he's got he's shooting at everybody. Now Savo would complain that the elite rarely attended his sermons, and when they did, they just wanted to hear him say nice things. Yeah, bitch. Now Larry. Larry couldn't have been very happy about the denunciations of tyrants and the wealthy and corrupt officials. And apparently he uh, sent a few of his guys around to visit Savo once. So they had Paulie Walnut, <laughs> Sill. Knuckles uh, McFadden. I don't know. 
Christopher right. Christopher Moltisante. No, no, uh, no. He no, sent no, him Tony. around. Right, right. <laughs> Big pussy, Pompadour. <laughs> He sent him around just to have a bit of a... Chinwag. You know, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> hey, how you doing? Savon, hey. my friend, hey. Listen, it's a tough. friend of ours. Yeah? A friend of ours would really appreciate it if you would just, uh, you know, uh, cut it down, cut it out. Tone it down, the rhetoric against yeah. the rich guys, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Forget about it, you know, just uh, let it go, my friend. You know what I'm saying? Talk about something else. They make you an offer you can't refuse. Right. And uh, It'd be a shame if anything happened to your jaw. Yeah. No, your horse. <laughs> apparently, uh, right. Savo sent them back to Lorenzo with a message, <gasps> do penance for your sins. Oh, he is on the jazz. When you're, when you're talking smack to Larry, you, you are... You must be high as a fucking kite. He is into this now. Is I wonder if he's starting to believe his own propaganda, his own message. Well, I think he's you when 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 you take on a character, you got to commit to it. He was a method actor. He's <laughs> like, well, I don't break character for anybody. <laughs> you threaten to break my legs? I'm sorry. I got to stay in my role. I understand what you, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but he's he's telling the people, look, you've got to repent. The end is coming quickly. I mean, this is some serious shit. This isn't nigh 10 years from now. This is nigh next week. We got to get our shit in order. And remember what he said previously? Only people of God can save you. He's talking about himself. He's not talking about the Pope. Francesco Giocardini, whose father Piero had been a leading Pianoni, mm-hmm wrote in his History of Florence that Lorenzo took no action against Savo because it did not touch him in a vital part. Smart. Now, Ray, yeah. you've been touched in your vital parts by Poked, a priest prodded. or two yeah. in your time. Yeah, yeah you yeah. know what it's like. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I, you know, uh, uh, I think you it. had a, a eventually got a restraining order in place that said as long as they don't touch you in your vital parts. Right. We're good. You yeah. uh, won't press charges. Now, Lorenzo mm, took the same position. Is But is Lorenzo's vitals in this story his wallet versus his penis? What, what do you think? <laughs> his reputation, his yeah. wallet, his what? His power. His power. His power. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think, remember Augustus. Uh, having a chat to Tiberius uh, mm. in the in the early days, and people were talking smack about right. them. And he was like, "Listen, sticks and stones, <laughs> motherfucker. Uh, let them talk. Right. Let them eat cake. It doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. Yeah, fuck you it. know, we're the ones still in charge. We ru- yeah, we rule this city. Yeah. We built this city on rock and roll, <laughs> knee deep in the hoopla." So and I don't even know what hoopla we, is, but it's mine. No, no one knows. That's why it's sexy. <laughs> Where were we? Hoop sounds like poop, <laughs> right. and poop comes from a hole, and holes are sexy. It's really it's all you need to know. Great, now I'm aroused. Thank you. Let's hurry up and wrap this up, <laughs> so I can take care of things. Yeah, scatological. <laughs> uh, and also at the time, right, uh, Lorenzo's old. He's not well. Right. 
Uh, I think as we talked about in the Lorenzo episodes, you know, he's con- he's confining himself to reading philosophy, reading poetry, right. staying out of things. He's hoping that his eldest son, Piero, will take over. He doesn't want any problems. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't want uh, uh, to do anything unpopular. He doesn't want to cause a civil war. Let's just... Let's just ride this out. I'm going to be dead soon anyway. It's like sex with me. Let's just uh, ride it out. Yeah. yeah. Get yeah, it over let's with. Just you won't get feel this, a thing. Get this over with. Right. Don't worry about it. No. Yeah. 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 We'll just go to our little happy place in our brain and uh, pretend this isn't happening. And that works for me. Anyway. And Heather. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's kind of what I meant. Heather. So in... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. In 1491, though, Savo is invited to preach for Lent at the Duomo, the Florence Cathedral. Big time. And he, 50 sermons, Fuck. one a day for 50 days. God dang. So as much as the reservations that Lorenzo and others like him have about this guy, he is popular. He is drawing the crowds and people want to hear him. He gets to book the big, the big hall in town. And now he's going to have 50 days of being able to say his message over and over and over again. In the main cathedral where everyone needs to go, you cannot go to, you know, a sermon that's being held at the cathedral. Uh, you may not have to go to all 50 of them, but this is where the elite yes. of Florence yes. goes. He's playing... Uh, Carnegie Hall. You know... Whatever, I don't know. Carnegie Hall. The Royal Palace know, yeah, or whatever the, Robert... What's it called in yeah, London? I don't know. Buckminster, Buckminster <laughs> fucking palace. I don't know. He's going to the big, the big hall. Right, right. 50 sermons, one a day. Preaching, all of them at the end is approaching quickly... And he got off, again, he came in hot, sparing no one, Damn. claimed that he had a divine mandate. He chastised the king, who obviously meant Larry, right. and his family for impiety, dismissed the doctors of philosophy with their pagan books and their clever rhetoric, scorned the crowd preasing Preasing, cloud pleasing <laughs> preachers. Right. It's hard to say. Yeah, it is. Uh, for not delivering the same sort of stern message that he's delivering. And during this period, he sent a letter to a friend saying that he knew what he was doing was dangerous. Yeah. But he believed the Lord would protect him, sure. which is sure. what I tell people as well. <laughs> Don't worry um, about it. No mask? Don't worry yeah. about it. Yeah. Yeah. He also wrote in this letter that Pico was growing more devout, attending his sermons and giving him money. Oh. So he's managing to get Pico and Booty Call on his team. Why wouldn't he want to keep going? Yeah. He's turning it around. And that had to be heady Members stuff. of the That had elite. to be heady days yeah. for him. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to catch up, but he had to be flying high for those 50 days. I mean, it's like an orgy every day, just... And it's all him. Everybody's staring at him. They're hanging on every word. How could that not be the greatest 50 days of his life? And apparently he ended this run extremely popular. So popular Mm -hmm. that on the 16th of May, 1491, the brothers of the San Marco convent elected him their prior. (gasps) He's made it. Now, 
It was a tradition that the new priors would pay a visit to the city's leading citizen. Right. The princeps to offer their homage. Oh, shit. Uh, and in, in this case, that would be Lorenzo. Mm-hmm. But Savo refused. <sighs> Got big head. Is he... Is he challenging power or is he just feeling his own power? Or a little bit of both? A little bit of both, I assume. Damn. When some of his brother friars urged him to humble himself and go and do what was expected with Lorenzo, he replied, who elected me prior, Lorenzo or God? They said, well, we did actually, motherfucker. (laughs) So he goes, well, yes, technically... But who made you do that? Oh. They're like, all right, God. (laughs) He said, well, then, it is my Lord God whom I want to thank, not any mortal man, stood up and walked out of the room. When Lorenzo heard about this, he said to some of his inner circle, a foreign friar has come to live in my house and doesn't deign to come to visit me. But... He would continue trying to win Savonarola over with acts of generosity. And in our next episode, we will see how that turned out. And as he ended his sermons, he would end with something like, These are the end days. For now, we cannot understand. We can only pray. So he's into it. So I imagine any baubles that Lorenzo has to try to impress him is only going to backfire and make this guy even more determined to stand his own ground. Have you made your decision for Christ? Oh, by the way, before I forget, folks, Mm. uh, we're taking a few weeks off, Um, June, July. I'm taking three Mm. weeks off to travel around the countryside, ask the Leyland, ask the Leylands. (laughs) That's an Aussie joke. Aussies of a certain vintage will get that. Mm. And then Ray's taking a week off a couple of weeks after that. So for the next month or so... Bear with us. Our schedule could be a little bit uh, sloppy. Um, (laughs) But... So that's uh, just FYI. We will be back. Yes. But uh, we, we may be quiet with these episodes uh, and the other episodes for three or four weeks yeah. before we catch catch back up to our normal recording right. schedule. Right. Just think of it as we're doing a mini Dan Carlin. Pray for us. <laughs>